0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, let me ask something real quick, and it's okay. There's freedom here. How many of us have already given up on our New Year's resolutions? There we go. We got one? Yep. Yep. Didn't, didn't make one because you knew you were just going to give up on it, right? Yeah. So that's okay. That's all right. Some of us are, are working hard on it. Um, I am not one of them. Because I fall into the, uh, the category of not making New Year's resolutions. And uh, now let me ask you this. Um, and this, this goes along with our message. It's going to tie into the series. You're going to think it's a strange question coming off of what I just said. Um, if you had a genie, you walked down the beach, you found a genie in a bottle, and you rubbed on it, the genie came out, all Robin Williams-like. We were just talking about Aladdin this morning. Um... And he says, I will give you three wishes. That was a bad Robin Williams impression. Yeah, my bad. Um, anyway, if he uh, if he uh, if you had three wishes, what would they be? Endless wishes. Endless wishes, can't have endless wishes. I <laughs> want all right, stock, so so money basically, yeah, money, all right, what else, peace, oh, that's nice, <laughs> man, they're bashing you for, for something that's, this, this is a rough, how do you know when we're a family, when someone gets bashed in the church and they don't feel like they're being bashed, so that. I agree with you, Jerry. I'm right there with you. What else? What else? Money. Got money? Got money? money <laughs> More money. <laughs> what was that? Surf. To surf. Okay, so maybe to learn? Yeah. To learn something new? Okay, what else? be able to eat anything you want Oh, nice. Eat, anything. Okay, I heard somebody else say something. What was that? Beauty. Beauty. Huh. One, two, three, four, five. What else? What health. Health. That's a great one. Okay. <clears throat> joy, yeah. Fulfillment. Fulfillment, joy, yeah. Okay. What's that? Wisdom. Wisdom. Okay. One more. What's that? <laughs> I th- Sleep then, right? Sleep for you, right? I think there's, uh, there's probably several of us that would like Hey, I would like that. How many times did our kids come in our room last night, I believe? We had Sage came in twice, Eli came in once. <laughs> no, no, no. No. They've got a we don't have a buried wire underneath their room. So Yeah, I don't know what it is, but why why are you in here, Eli? Why aren't you in Eli is our little ninja. Um I am a very light sleeper and when Eli comes in he I don't know what happens, but he like Spider-Man's up on the ceiling and then lowers himself down right in between Leave and I. And we wake up, and he's there. (laughs) I mean, it's just incredible. All the others, you hear them coming. It's like, oh, I'm coming, you know. Even Sage, a little fleet-footed Sage. You know they're coming, but but Eli, he's a ninja. Now, today, uh, I want to try to answer a question, and that question is, what if I could make all the right steps now and not have to waste time learning from the mistakes that I made or would make uh, by taking the wrong steps. How wonderful would that be? Wouldn't that be great, right? N- no regrets, no, no shame, yeah? Um, and so, like uh, Matt said, we've been in this series uh, talking about New Year's resolutions that wouldn't change the outside necessarily. Some of these things are outside uh, things, but that they would change the inside. Okay, that would change things in our heart. And uh, we've talked about, anybody remember what we talked about the first week? Apologizing. Apologizing. yep. Everybody want to say it together if you were here? I'm sorry, please forgive me, right? We need to say that more often. And, and we need to say, if you're married, especially, or to your parents, uh, possibly to a boyfriend and girlfriend, if you've advanced that far. I love you, that needs to be a word, but I'm sorry needs to be a phrase that comes up almost as much. Uh, So, and then last week, does anybody remember what we talked about last week? your Your presence here, your presence here is so important. And when you are not here, you are missed and you are missing. We don't care about attendance here. We care about you and your heart and the things that you bring that nobody else can bring um, when you are here. And when you, when you don't bring that, you're missed. And again, we don't, we're not saying you can't go on vacation, you can't get sick, all of that stuff. We all know we're not being legalistic about it. So these are things that get into our heart and they, do, uh, they make us do a 180 from the way we think, right? Uh, and today I want to conclude our series with one last revolution of our heart. And that revolution would be one of the mind and decision-making. And so today I want to talk about wisdom. Wisdom. Now, the world doesn't really get wisdom. Um, This is their definition of wisdom. Throw throw that up there. It is uh, accumulated philosophical or scientific learning. Eh, okay. Doesn't quite capture it. The ability to discern inner qualities in relationships. Okay, yeah. Good sense. Yeah, that's part of it, I guess. Or generally accepted belief, which I really have a problem with because there's a lot of generally accepted beliefs that's just wacky, right? So that, I don't think, is wisdom. But that's from Merriam-Webster, right? The, The dictionary guy himself. I don't know why he has a hyphenated name. He just does. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really... Work it all out. So um, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today as we look at wisdom, and we're going to roll through it, and I'm probably going to talk fast. I know I don't normally talk this fast, but I want I want you guys to, to just keep up. We're going to look at two chunks of Scripture today. The first is 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14, and the next chunk will be uh, Proverbs chapter 3. 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14, and the next one will be... Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. So in verse 5, Solomon has just been made, or just been given the kingship because David has died. And Solomon goes to uh, Gibeon to sacrifice to the Lord. He said, and it says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. Now, you can relate to this because what happens is Solomon is worshiping God, sacrificing to God, and praying to God, and he falls asleep, right? Right? Sometimes it's okay. You never know what God will do. Okay? Verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. What? You know, why doesn't this happen to me? Right? Hey, you know, it's like, here's GD God, come on. Right? I don't know. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But he does. He says, ask. For whatever you want me to give you. Now we've already said, all right. These are some things that we would we pick, right? Look what Solomon picks. First, he praises God. Solomon answered, "You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David." But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Notice what that is. That is straight humility. That is fear. In a good way, fear, right? Not, not I'm totally scared and I don't want to do it. That is, God, I'm here. I want to be used. I don't know how. Your servant, verse 8, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or to number. That was a promise he gave to Abraham. He said, I'm going to make your people... The, as, as numerous as the stars. When you look up at the stars, you, anybody try to count them? No. Well, maybe in New Orleans because there's only like three, right? But when you're out in the country, no. All right, verse 9. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon asked for two things here. Discernment and wisdom. Discernment and wisdom. Now you're, you're going, wait, where's, where's the wisdom here? <clears throat> Look at verse 10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise, and discerning heart. The wisdom is the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. In its simplest form, this is the ability to distinguish between right and wrong, not because you know, but because you go to God and he tells you. Okay? Now there's a there's a big difference. And I'm about to Make everything murky after we get done with this, with this passage here. But hang with me for a minute. Verse 13. Where's it at? Here it is. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Notice what having wisdom and discernment brought for Solomon. Wealth and honor. Now this is important because we're going to look at the relationship between wisdom and the things that wisdom brings in a minute in in Proverbs chapter 3. But also notice in verse 14 the stipulation here. If you walk in obedience to me. That is key. Nothing works. Nothing happens if you don't walk in obedience with God, if you don't follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Wisdom has to be coupled with a relationship with Jesus in order to apply to every facet of your life. Now, here's the thing about wisdom. Let me me mess with your head a little bit. Everybody loves it when I say that, right? What? What? Those of y'all that are new, you're like, what kind of guy is this? The thing about wisdom is anybody can have wisdom. You don't have to be a Christ follower. Um, Warren Buffett, the oracle of Omaha, the greatest stockbroker that ever lived, he made all kinds of wise decisions in the business of stocks. As far as we know, we don't see any fruit of a relationship with Christ. We haven't heard about it. I don't know about it. Not that that... It means he's not, okay? Don't take that. Um, but the Bible talks about how God is actually going to defeat the wisdom of those who don't follow him. It talks about it all the time. Does that mess with you? Is that, is, that, is that weird? Is that odd? The same Warren Buffett was very unwise with other areas of his life. Christ follower or not, you don't make, perfect decisions every single time, right? Many of us are Christ followers and yet we're not perfect. What's up with that? I mean, that doesn't fall fall in line here, right? Solomon wasn't perfect. He had a problem with the ladies. In fact, one of the first things that he did was marry a foreign lady just to have some good trade, right? Well, God didn't want that. Now, wisdom can come from a myriad of sources. It can come from environment. It can come from uh, something you've learned. It can come from experience. Something naturally just comes natural to you can come spiritually. But on the spiritual side, the Bible talks about wisdom in two different ways. It talks about wisdom as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, When you become a Christ follower, we gain gifts, certain gifts. Not everybody has the same gift. Not everybody, uh, in fact, very few people have all the gifts. I don't know too many that do. Um, But the Holy Spirit gives the gift of wisdom. That's one of the gifts. But the Bible also talks about people seeking wisdom first. From God. Okay. It says. It says. uh, Your faith may not rest on men's wisdom. But on God's power. You go to God for that wisdom. So wisdom can be pretty complicated. um, But if you have it. You know you have it. And if you don't have it. Sometimes it takes. Just a whole bunch of. Mistakes. To realize. I don't have wisdom. And. And. And I'm not judging anybody. That's no fault of anybody's. It's just sometimes you go through life and you've got to say, man, I've got I to gotta get some better decision-making skills, and I need to seek out wisdom from God. Now, wisdom is one of those things that is just funny. I'm going to make your brains turn to mush. You ready? Here we go. For those of us that have wisdom... It's kinda easy to make decisions. And for those of us that don't have wisdom, those decisions are Jesus. Those decisions are are difficult. There's one thing, and I just gave away the answer that you need for wisdom. Just to simplify it down and 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 before your brains go crazy, you need one thing. What is that? Jesus. Jesus. Y'all are smart. It is a relationship with him that establishes a deeper and life-consuming wisdom. Not just a wisdom in stocks because you have the experience, not just a wisdom in family matters because you were raised right, but a life-consuming wisdom, not just in one area of your life, but in all areas of your life. Also, it is through that relationship with him that we know what to do with the wisdom he gives us. All right, go ahead and jump to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Before we jump into there, let me talk about a little bit more about the gift of wisdom and striving for, seeking for wisdom. People with the gift of wisdom, like I said, when we see something, the decision is clear most of the time, okay? Not that it's easy, but it's it's a thing of right and wrong. And so we see the right path. For those of us who struggle with that, you go to God and you say, God, I need that wisdom. I don't have the gift of administration. Many of you know this. In fact, the announcements were taken away from me by, by the Maddoxes here, and I'm so grateful, right? I'm so thankful. We were, we were in a, talking the other day, and, and they're like... Uh, you know, the, I said, the announcements have been going long. I just talk and talk and talk. And they're like, we can do that for you, you know. And, they're, and so they're, they're taking that over. That's all administrative. That stuff wears me. I will literally spend forever doing the announcements because I'm just, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Mercy's not a strong gift of mine. And I know as a pastor, you're like, oh, you're a pastor, you don't have the gift of mercy. I go to God constantly for the gift of mercy. Just because I don't have it doesn't mean I don't want it and doesn't mean I don't recognize that I desperately need it, all right? And that's the same thing with wisdom. I'll go crazy if I don't have mercy or administration, and you may go crazy because you don't have wisdom. We all need it. It's just that some of us have it naturally, and some of us need to consistently seek God to answer it. And again, let me make sure you understand, those of us that have the gift of wisdom, that doesn't mean we don't go to God for wisdom either. It's just natural for us to go to God. And we go to God and say, God, give me wisdom, give me more. You you know, we've got the gift. Now, the reason I would love for this to be a a New Year's revolution of our hearts as a church is because over the past what well, we've been going for eight years over the past eight years I've seen so many families and even before that just in ministry I've seen so many families make some very poor decisions because they didn't seek wisdom from God um, a lot of times what will happen is We'll t- I'll be talking to them and I'll say, well, have you, have you spent some time praying about it? And they've already made up their mind, right? Or that person's already made up their mind. They're like, yeah, yeah, I went to God and, and I just feel a peace about it. Oh, how much have you prayed? Well, I prayed yesterday. I'm like, well, let's take some more time. When you are seeking out wisdom, you need to go to God until you know that you know that you know that you know you have the answer. You need to go to other people who have the gift of wisdom. You need to go to people who, who spend time in Scripture. You know that. You need to spend time in Scripture, right? That's how you make wise decisions. You go to God in these myriad ways that He surrounds you. OK Now, let me ask this question, maybe just a raise of hands. How many of us, because we all have wisdom in certain area of our life, right? How many of us have had friends or family members or whoever it is in our life where they're, they're like, we're, we're going to do this, we're gung-ho about it, and in your mind you're like, ah, oh, my goodness, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. Anybody ever anybody ever had that? I mean, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's whether you have the gift of wisdom or not, you see it. People, people who have the gift of wisdom, it doesn't matter what area of life necessarily – we have that reaction. Like, I, I, I have the, the gift of wisdom. Humility is obviously one of those gifts that comes with wisdom, too. I'm the, anyway, so, so I, the, the gift of wisdom in it. So a lot of times I'm, I'm like, hold your tongue, hold your tongue, hold your tongue, hold your tongue. I can't. I got to tell you, man, this is a bad idea, you know. And, 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 and it just screams in your head, and you're just praying for him, praying for him, praying for him. And I want to see us as a church spend so much time with God. So much time in Scripture, so much time seeking out the answer from the the wise people around us that we make the right decisions and not the wrong decisions. Now, Proverbs chapter 3. This is Solomon again, and Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, except for uh, the last couple of chapters. And uh, in Proverbs chapter 3... Uh, For those of you that have read Proverbs or uh, have been Christians for a while, Christ followers for a while, you may recognize some of these verses. In fact, we sang uh, some of these verses this morning. But in verse 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Again, this is the linchpin for the entire chapter. This is the linchpin for everything to follow. If you don't trust God, ignore everything else because you're not not in this chapter, okay? Now, this is the key variable. Wisdom has to be coupled with a relationship with Jesus in order to apply to every facet of your life. Notice what he says here. Trust him. Don't believe your own heart. The Bible talks about this a lot. Don't believe your own heart. It fools you. It's emotional. It takes you places you don't need to go. Don't trust your own heart. And then it says, submit to him. These things equal illuminated direction for your life. It lights a path. It makes your path straight. Verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So don't be humanly wise, right? Fear God. and We all understand what this fear is, right? It's not like I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid he's going to strike me with lightning. It is, a, it is a, I know you are bigger than me, and I want to follow you and trust you. And it says to shove away evil. <clears throat> I don't know how. But this brings health and nourishment to you. Probably because the opposite of these things drains you. Right? There's something about being emotionally drained constantly that makes you sick and tired and worn out. Verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. And then, all your, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Give God what he has given you, right? The Bible, uh, starting out in the Old Testament, going all the way through, talks about a tithe. The tithe is 10%, right? Jesus reaffirms that. And then in the New Testament, Paul says, I don't want you to give just out of guilt or anything like that. I want you to give as a cheerful giver, which is why we always put that verse up. Because we don't want anybody to come in here and say, like, oh, i got to give. But notice what it says here. If you give what he has given you, then he will give you more because you can be trusted with it. This is important. This is big-time stuff because this, is, this, this chapter encompasses your whole life. That's a financial aspect. Your health, right? Somebody said health. Who wouldn't love to be healthy all their life? Verse 11 and 12. My son could be my daughter as well, but he's talking to his son as Solomon. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights. So oftentimes we're, you know, when we feel God's discipline we're, we start to get angry, but Solomon says God says accept this and learn from God when he disciplines us because it draws us closer and closer to him. Verse 13 and 14. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. If you seek God for your wisdom, as we've been talking about, you'll find that it is actually better than having money. I know, it's hard, right? Because money buys us a lot of stuff. We went to a Hornets game last night. It was a tough game. They led most of the game, and then they... The, whole, the Golden State came back and won, and I was texting my dad because I was so excited. We were there. There's a guy on the, I see, keep saying Hornets, it's the Pelicans. There's a guy on the Pelicans team. He's listed as 7 2. What's his name? As you, what is it? Alexia Jensa. The dude doesn't have to jump to touch the rim and that's listed at 72. He's probably 74. Now, I was texting my dad and my dad said, "How do they sleep? A king-size bed is only 68." And I thought, "You know what? I bet he's got the money to get a custom bed." You know? Wisdom is better than a custom bed for a 7-foot-4 guy. And you know for that guy, when he goes on road trips and he's laying in that hotel bed and he's bending his knees over the bed, you know that when he goes home, he's like, oh, this bed is amazing. Wisdom is better. Wisdom is better. Nothing compares to wisdom. It brings so much to your life. Money doesn't erase the things that cause us regret and shame either. 15 and 16. Wisdom. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. that ring a bell with something we sang this morning? Long life is in her hand, her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Now, uh, who who doesn't want wisdom? Because... If these things don't compare to it and there's no better thing to have wisdom and it brings long life and riches, who doesn't want that, right? That's what God told Solomon. Remember back in 1 Kings? That he'd have all of those things if he was obedient. Remember, this is all dependent on whether you have a relationship with God. You might be wise in one area of your life, but the life-consuming wisdom you can get from God. Verse 17 and 18. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Who doesn't want this? Pleasantness and peacefulness in their life, right? Right? We've all got something in our life. There's a little bit of turmoil. Who doesn't want peace in that area of our life or pleasantness? Wisdom brings those things. This tree of life that Solomon's referring to is a reference back to the beginning of Genesis. It was in the middle of the garden and this tree gave life. But the closest that Solomon can get to the tree of life is wisdom. The closest that we can get to having wisdom true full life here on earth is going to Jesus and having a relationship with him and he giving us that wisdom verse 19 by wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations by understanding he set the heavens in place God is the ultimate wisdom this is what Solomon is saying here so going to him for that wisdom that's easy stuff He's the one that decided to set up the universe. By his knowledge, the deeps are div- were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. So God's knowledge created the universe and how everything functions and interacts. Me and um, Matt were, were talking with Taryn and, and Stevie the other day. Um, and y'all know what Taryn does? She's an artist and she's a medical artist. And uh, she had this painting up on her wall, and it was just this line. It was like, <laughs> and a hip bone right next to it, you know? And you think, well, oh, that's kind of like hipster art or something, right? What is that, you know? But she's a medical artist, so you know. And I said, well, what's this? And she said, well, this is a bo- uh, hip bone turned on its axis, and this is Henley's Loop. And of course, you know, I take the bait. And I'm like, what's well, Henley's Loop. And she said, well, there's a a thing, a tube in your kidneys. And in this tube, it's called Henley's Loop. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And in this tube, and and I'm just quoting here because y'all know my medical degree. She said, in this tube, this is where all the waste is filtered out and whatever goes through, I don't know, water or blood, I think it's water, it's all purified. And doctors don't have a clue as to how it works. It's something to do with something and something to do with another, but they don't know how it works. God does. He set that up. And there's thousands, millions of things like that. That we try to figure out and say, oh, this was this and this was this. It wasn't God. It's God. It's always God because it's his knowledge. It's his understanding. Verse 21. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. If you have wisdom you'll have the following things that come after this verse. It may not appear exactly like what it does with Solomon, but these are the things that uh, you could possibly have. Verse 22, they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck, life and honor. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Safety and assuredness. Who doesn't want that, right? Right? Verse 20, uh, 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. There you go, Anita, right? Yeah. This is peace. Many of us would love to sleep through the night. And I'm not talking because we have kids crawling in bed with us, right? We just have things running through our heads. Verse 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Wisdom allows there to be no fear because God takes care of us. It, listen, listen, listen. It is guaranteed that he will take care of us if we spend our lives him jump down to verse 35 the wise inherit honor but fools he holds up to shame the wise are honored and those who make foolish decisions will live in regret and shame like we've been talking about now <clears throat> there's many ways that wisdom will help you uh, I, I couldn't name all the all the Myriad ways that it could. I know that it helps uh, people to be self, less self-oriented. And I'm not talking about self-centered. I'm talking about self-oriented. A, a great example uh, w- of self-orientation or lack of it would be uh, Chuck and Terry, if I can embarrass them for a minute. Chuck and Terry, for Thanksgiving, could have spent Thanksgiving all on their own. Right? Nothing wrong with that. You can do that. But they chose to invite a couple of the girls over. I think it was Kimmy and Millie, is that right? And and, and they all had a good time. I mean, they were thinking outside of themselves. That's a great thing. Wisdom helps you to be not self-oriented. Now, it also helps you when you look long-term at your life. You can look down the road and say, is this decision going to be a good decision long-term. Those are just a few things. Now, I want you to think about Jesus in this regard, too, when it comes to wisdom and and, and self-orientation. When was Jesus self-oriented? The only time I can think of Jesus being self-oriented was when he was spending quality time with his Father. He would go off and pray. In, In the Bible says that, that there's Jesus, and then he runs off and prays, like Mark 1.35 and, and Luke 6.12. It says, says that he goes up to a mountain to pray, or he, he's wandering off, and sometimes the disciples are like, where's Jesus? Oh, he's praying. Or he spent all night praying. When's the last time we did that? Solomon did it. Fell asleep. It was okay. We should try and fall asleep, too. If Jesus is our example, then we should spend quality time investing in others, our family and our church first, and then those outside of the church after that, and recharge by going to God in prayer and scripture, right? But that's not really kind of how we do our lives, is it? I mean, we get exhausted by sitting at work and being in front of a computer all day, and then we come home and recharge by, what, watching Grey's Anatomy or something, right? Is that even on anymore? Doesn't matter. There's no wisdom in that, though, because it, 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 there's no Jesus in that. But if we change our habits and we adjust our lives and our schedules to God's plan for our life, we'll find a greater purpose in our work and we'll finally see how refreshed we can be when we seek God like Jesus did. That's Wisdom. If you made a pie chart of your life and had three areas, work, your time with God, and the time you spent on others, how would that look? And then made a pie chart for Jesus, how would that look? And how would they compare? Would you be like the little sliver of other, right, on many pie charts? Or would it be that big chunk? Now listen, and I want to close with this. You can be satisfied and have wisdom in that one area of your life or that, those two areas or whatever it is in your life and stumble with the rest of your life. Or you can seek God in all the things of your life. And you can seek God all the time for wisdom. Not just when you're in trouble. Y'all you know, you know that feeling, right? Oh, it's okay. Not just when you're in trouble, but if you go to him all the time for wisdom, he will order your life and provide incredible blessings that you never thought were possible. Not in your life, somebody else's life maybe, but not in your life. But it's your life, and God wants to do that. Again, we're not going millionaire here, this isn't health wealth. This is just God working in your life. Wisdom, though, has to be coupled with a relationship with Jesus Christ in order for it to apply to every single facet of your life. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that this was communicated as you would have. Um, Wisdom is so hard because we can look outside and see people that we think have wisdom and quotes from people that sound really catchy, and even from pastors, God, that that when we really look at it, they don't make any sense, and it's not wisdom. Father, we pray that you give us discernment as you gave Solomon discernment, and you give us the ability to tell right from wrong in the different areas, whether you've given us the gift through your Holy Spirit, or whether we need to seek you for it, God, we ask that you would do that. In every single heart in this room, this is our prayer. You are a great God and you do such great things. This being one of the most mind-blowing to me. And we thank you for it. We praise your name. the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen.